Well, hello. Welcome to the RA Exchange at Nuisa Noor. Uh, my name is Chloe Lula. I am the managing editor of Resident Advisor. I have lost my voice a little bit, <laughs> so please excuse me. Um, <clears throat> I'm pleased to be joined today by Bad Sista, who played a killer set at the festival last night. Um, Bad Sista is a champion of Brazil's queer electronic underground. Um, she collaborates with a host of LGBTQIA plus artists, um, directs projects and cross-pollinates with producers like, and you're going to have to excuse my pronunciation, um, Hoop de Bairro, Linda Quebrada. Joupe de Bairro. <laughs> Joupe de Bairro. Um, she also co-founded Bandida Colectiva, an all-female organization that hosts DJ and production workshops for a growing network of Brazilian women. Her sets mix break neck house, 90s trance, hard techno, and funk carioca. Uh, right now, actually, it's more from Sao Paulo. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, it's really electronic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's joining us off the heels of the release of her album, Ghetto Elegance, which came out in November. Um, is there anything missing from your introduction? I don't know. I love the breakneck house. <laughs> <laughs> you guys so good to, you know, give names. I'm so bad to give names to stuff. <laughs> like every time every, uh, someone asks me like, oh, and which kind of, you know, like what kind of music do you play? And I'm like, I don't know how to answer. So like you have to go and see and you do your own, you know, like you put your, the, the words that you want to. But yeah, that's that's my full. I mean, there's a lot of stuff besides that. <laughs> but I think this is the the main the main curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to finally meet in person. Um, how are you doing today? And how do you feel your set went last night? Yeah, the set last night was super good. I mean, I played uh, after MC Carol. Then the people were like crazy on her set. And I had I saw some friends that it's living here in Lyon forever, <laughs> so we haven't seen like I don't know in five or six years. So it was really good to to have those people in my you know those people on my dance floor, and also there were some crazy girls on the front, some crazy guys on like I remember the picture you know of uh, and all the faces. And they were screaming like crazy and jumping and putting their hands up, you know, like really, really... You can come inside, come. <laughs> it was really like... Uh, really high energy, actually, you know. Um, and there's always a point that you were like uh, playing, drinking, and you want to pee and... <laughs> In the end, I was like, yeah, thank you so much, but let me go pee. <laughs> but it was so cool. Um, the guys, also the guys from the production were like, really okay, no problems at all. And also yesterday I saw, again, the Gaber Modus Operandi, and it was like... Yeah, they were amazing. Yeah, I told them that every time I see them, it's like I feel my, my soul is... It's, washed you know like it's clean mm -hmm. I'm, I'm i'm free to you know think uh on creative stuff again every time i see them it's like uh f some fresh air you know mm, yeah. 
because it's like it's a different stuff from what I you know from what I usually see. So it's always good to see this kind of artist, you know. Yeah, definitely. And you're both playing CTM, right? Yes, yeah. too. Yeah, cool. Uh, we we met at the CTM actually, and the backstage they eating rice with their hands. <laughs> Um, no, I love the trajectory of the set that you played because it traversed techno, acid, Brazilian funk, club music, um, some pop. I think I heard yeah. Britney Spears samples. Um, it was really eclectic. Some Rihanna's. Rihanna. <laughs> I'm fancy, people. I'm really fancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, when I was listening, I was actually reminded of a quote that you gave to The Guardian in a feature mm -hmm. last year. You said that you're continuously drawing from the music that felt really important to you growing up in working class neighborhoods in Sao Paulo, from hip hop DVD compilations yeah. featuring Mar Mariah Carey and 50 Cent to pirated CDs. Um, can you talk a little bit about your influences and how you've cultivated this eclectic melting pot of styles? Uh, it's crazy because like in Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo is a huge city, you know, like it's like New York or Mexico City that you have like a lot of people from uh, from uh, some other countries and a lot of people from some other states around Brazil. Like my family, my, uh, my family from my dad and from my mom, they are not, they were not born in Sao Paulo, you know, like we're, they're from the northeast of Brazil. So uh, when I was growing up, I had the, the neighborhood, the, the music that the people from the neighborhood were, were listening to. I had the music that my mom used to listen to. I have the music that my auntie used to listen uh, while she was like washing her car during the Sundays, you know, so there's like really, um, it's like sentimental memories, you know, when I, when I try to mix this kind of music inside my set, it's like, uh, it's not to forget the, it's not to forget the, the background, you know. That is not, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not just like a girl doing music on the computer, you know, there's a whole background uh, uh, besides me, you know, like there's a whole story and I think this, uh, when, it, when, when I talk about this, when I mix all these things up in my set, it's because like I'm a, I'm a result of my time, you know. I was born in uh, in the 90s. I was born in 93. And I'm literally a result of my time, you know. Like the beginning of uh, the access of uh, technology, uh, these DVD compilations that they used to sell for like really cheap in the street markets. Uh, when when it's Sunday, like you can hear a lot of music <laughs> going out of the the houses, you know, because like it's Sunday, everybody's like drinking beers and having fun and all this stuff. So when it comes to São Paulo, you have a lot of people from a, a lot of different places, and you have a they they come with all their cultures to São Paulo, you know, because this is what makes them feel. Um, like they still belong to that place, you know? This was uh, what the, makes them feel that they still alive, you know? So I think it's really, it's really nice when they like come 
and drag all this culture of uh, food, of party, of music, you know, when they come with all together. And I mean, I'm just like a result of Sao Paulo craziness <laughs> with all the music together, uh, all the street parties, all the free parties, all the, you know, like uh, it's a lot of stuff that happens. And when I started to DJ and make music, I was like, oh, maybe if I try to do a different music, I should use another nickname. And I was like, no, fuck it, you know, like I can do whatever I want to do under this name. And this is it, you know, like I'm not going to create a, a character all the time, every time that I want to change it, you know, like, um, yeah, I think that's it. Like, it's a lot of references, a lot of uh, history, you know, in the background. I mean, like, uh, when you're in the school, you know, in the high school, you have all the the little groups that... I used to be... I, was, I used to love rock music, but I used to also love, like, hip-hop and Mariah Carey and <laughs> Rihanna. And I also used to love, like, Skazi, Infected Mushroom. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> this girl's head's like crazy. <laughs> and also by the funk tracks, I mean, like, uh, I, I really love to, you know, appreciate everything that people do because uh, I think it's uh, always a result of the time that they are living, you know. Like when you talk about uh, a lot of tracks that I, that I played yesterday, there is like by the, funk, by the funk tracks from Sao Paulo. They are really, really really electronic right now, like they are using a lot of synthesizers. It's really uh, rough. Right now it's like super, super rough, the the kind of uh, baile funk in Sao Paulo, because they're like expressing the way that they leave the city, you know? Sao Paulo is a concrete jungle. Sao Paulo is like uh, 12 million people in one city, you know, like Portugal has 10 million people <laughs> in the whole country. <laughs> you know, it's a city, it's not even the state. It's like one city is like 12 million people. So it's like, it's a lot of people when you go to work, it's like crowded subways, you know, like crowded, uh, like so many people in the public transport, you know, and you live, it's like it's a rough life. When you go to the, to do the music, it, like you translate all the feelings without even knowing that you like translating exactly the feeling of uh, the day life in Sao Paulo, you know. How do you feel playing music like Baile Funk in context in, you know, in a totally different, um, in a totally different country that might not be familiar with music, like especially in Western Europe versus uh -huh. playing like a Mamba Negra party? The first time that I played in Mamba Negra, it was the first time that the, the crowds in Mamba Negra, they heard. Uh, it was not even a baile funk track, it, it was just a cappella, you know. But uh, I think sometimes uh, people can be like really elitist, you know, with the stuff. And they were trying, you know, like uh, to, you know, just... <laughs> like the to funk to baile funk don't pollute you know like the the party and when i started to you know like 
just to put some drops, you know, like I started with some acapellas and then I put some original tracks and then I was putting just some, you know, drum loops of baile funk tracks. You start to know, uh, you start to, I, I always forgot the words, but you start to uh, make them want to hear more of this, you know. It's about also, it's about how you do, how you mix everything up. It's not only like just play the baile funk track and fuck it, that's it, you know. It's like how you show this track for the people, you know. So yesterday when I played, uh, when I was playing the Bali Funk tracks from Sao Paulo, everybody was like really crazy, screaming a lot. They don't know how to dance like the way that we dance in Sao Paulo. And I also like this because it's the way that they feel the track, you know? Like uh, we have like uh, special moves, you know, for the, for the kind of music, but uh, when you listen to it and you you don't know the culture, you don't know, like, you never saw people dancing, that kind of music, it's like when you're totally free, you know, like, you just move how you want to move. And I think this is, this is really beautiful. And I also think that it's nice to show this uh, kind of music in this kind of context, especially uh, when I'm outside Brazil, because uh, someone needs to do it, you know, and it's better for me to show this for you guys than a white Brazilian rich guy come here and show this to you, you know. That is something that maybe he's like, he's not part of the, the culture, he's not part of, uh, he never went to a baile funk before, you know, he's just like trying to, to catch, you know, the the hype right now. So I think it's uh, way better for me that is uh, someone from the places that see, you know, that lives. I think it's about living, you know, the 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 culture and live and know the people, you know. Uh, then like. You're, uh, is, there's a lot of people, uh, a lot of Brazilian DJs or even European DJs, they are playing baile funk tracks, but I, I think it's because of the sound, but there is a lot of background in this, this kind of track, you know? Actually, I think it would be helpful if maybe you provided some context around baile funk and its origins. Um, I mean, just for clarification, it's... I mean, it's a style that became popularized in Brazilian working class culture, right? Uh -huh. So, I mean, I think that it makes your work and what you're doing with your DJing inherently political yeah. um, because you're really, like, challenging the status quo by weaving it into your sets. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Bailey Funk, actually, by uh, Funk was... Uh, it was created in Rio in uh, the end of 80s, maybe at the end of 80s and uh, the beginning of 90s. And it was like really carioca stuff <laughs> the first time. But uh, the DJs that they used to produce the tracks, they used to, to have these Miami-based vinyls, you know, and they used to produce like really, uh, the first Baile Funk tracks was really Miami-based. They were sampling like 
craft to work, you know. <laughs> they were like, "Fuck you!" I I I didn't even know it was a craft to work uh, track <laughs> before I I was I tried, you know, like, "Well, where's this sample come from?" Like I didn't know it was a craft to work track before. I thought it was like a Bailefrank track from the first time and forever, you know, like I thought they created that. <laughs> uh, and they started to, you know, like, um, I think the point when the Bailefrank, uh, the, the funk started to change from what was happening right now, it's like <clears throat> when Lula becomes a president, like they, Working class people, they started to have access to technology, you know. They could, uh, you can open it. <laughs> they could um, buy computers, afford uh, computers. Like in my family, the first computer that we bought uh, was with uh, a federal government program for working class people. And it was called Computador para Todos. That is like computer for everyone. And that was our first computer in 2006, I think. And when uh, you have like uh, the working class people, when they started to have the access of technology, you start to hear music changing, you know, because the music on it was on our hands right now, you know, like you don't need anymore like a guy that has a studio that, you know, like has equipment or microphones or the computers and blah, blah, and everything like it's, it's, he's the only one that produced this kind of stuff, you know, like you, you like you spread the knowledge, you know, and you spread the production music also. That's why Sao Paulo uh, Baile Funk tracks is super, super electronic right now and super like, yeah, crazy. Like, it's really, for me, it's really punk rock, you know, like, it's really punk rock. Like, when you, when you understand the deep feeling, it's really punk rock, you know, like, but when it comes, when it comes to Rio, like, the, the tracks right now is really percussive, it's way faster. Like the city moves in another way, you know. So the music always uh, also moves in another way. When you come uh, to Belo Horizonte, like the baile funk tracks there is really like uh, it's more slow, you know. Like it's not so marked like in São Paulo. In São Paulo, it's really like dun 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 dun. It's really tight, but uh, in Belo Horizonte, it's really like smooth you know like they put a lot of melodies they sing a lot actually they're always singing a lot and this happens when you when you like give you know the structure for for us to do our own music you know like um in in a favela in sao paulo in a baile that is called baile da 17 the the place that they put the the wall of speakers you know it's uh, automotive it's like car speakers like a huge wall they have like a studio upstairs like all acoustic treated and they do the music there and sometimes they do the music and they come downstairs and put the music like 
during the baile, you know. Like during the baile, they are like, like, like you're doing like a sandwich, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> you're doing, oh, yeah, okay, let me, let me cook some foods here for you. And uh, they serve the foods, you know, like 30 minutes later, 40 minutes later, you know, and it's really crazy because uh, right now you have like our own people doing our music, you know, like we don't need, uh, like it's cheaper right now, you know. Like I mean, if uh, there's uh, there's more more guys that they have more structure structure, but when you go to a Bailey Funk studio, they don't have anything besides like a, a computer, a notebook, and a pair of monitors and a audio interface and the microphone. That's it. You don't need uh, anything else right now. <laughs> you know, like uh, it's it's not so. And right now, it's I mean, right now. After Bolsonaro, everything is fucking expensive. But before that, it was like cheaper to to buy the stuff, you know. And I mean, right now they have like their own market. When you when you compare to you know the hip hop market in the USA, I think it's really close because they have their own market, you know, like. They have the they do their own money, like the people when they have like a an MC that is going to sing in somewhere, it's always like crowded and the tickets are not cheap, you know, like it's always expensive and for you to drink is expensive, but it's about like showing off, you know, <laughs> it's the culture, I mean, <laughs> when I go, I just go there with my cup and whiskey, some Red Bull and that's it, <laughs> some ecstasy on it and that's it. <laughs> Um, on the topic of technology, I I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I know that part of the premise of Bandida is you you're teaching skills, music making skills to women in the electronic music scene, especially those who are black, queer, and working class. Yeah. And um, I know that part of the premise is to teach people to make music with limited and or very poor quality equipment. Can you describe some of the techniques that you're teaching people and what you know, what do you do in the workshops? Uh, we, we started to, to have the DJing workshops and I wasn't the teacher uh, of the DJing workshops actually, but we started with the DJing workshops when we earned this uh, funding from the government, they, especially from the people there from uh, um, suburbans. I don't know the, the, the actual word. But um, we won this uh, funding and we were able to buy the equipments and everything. And in this, uh, we had to offer like free classes. I think we offer like one month, uh, was like four or five free classes for like whoever wants to go, you know. And then uh, now the equipment, it's ours. So uh, the girls like Eve Hive and, and Black Cat, they, uh, they still like uh, giving classes for free, you know, like especially before the pandemic, we were doing like a lot more of these uh, classes. But it's like uh, the, the more important point is that we don't charge anything never, you know, to give the classes. Like we always try to give, uh, to have some uh, 
you know, someone, some company or the funding to, you know, pay for the transport of the equipment and pay for the girls they are teaching, but we don't charge from the people they are going to the class. And I also did some uh, producing classes and it was like more how to do a track and I, I was like, my, my class was basically like doing a track from, from the point zero and it was more less talking and more of doing, you know, because for me, I always like to, you know, see people doing stuff more than they like talking, oh, this is how you do blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, 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 show me, I want to see, you know. And th this is the way that I, I like to, to give my classes. The girls also like, they like to give the DJing classes by doing it, you know. I think it's uh, when you give the people like, when you give the equip equipments, you know, for them to push the buttons to turn down, turn up the fader and, you know, like do whatever they want is, I think it's about comfort, you know, like when you feel comfortable, you learn faster. If you're not feeling comfortable, you like, you take lots of time to learn like a simple stuff, you know. And some, sometimes uh, there's some people that they don't know how to teach, they talk a lot and do less. <laughs> and you know, and teaching, uh, especially when it comes to music, it's, um, it's more about like showing than uh, talking, 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 talking forever. Then uh, this is, uh, like right now there's a, that the party is like, uh, it's, it's happening again. We have like a lot of DJs that is like playing uh, in lots of parties in Sao Paulo. Also like in some other cities that they learn uh, with us. And then like right now, like uh, DJ Bassan is one of them. Right now she's like uh, producing, like she's from the uh, ballroom culture in Sao Paulo. And she's producing like Vogue uh, tracks mixed with Baile Funk tracks. You know, it's super crazy and she's DJing like really, really good and really like comfortable, you know, because uh, she had time with the equipment. I think this is this is the point, you know, like I had uh, when I always trying to know to when I didn't know how to play on CDJs and I was trying to learn more. I was always like looking for tutorials or free classes or things like that. And every time there was like a guy talking for 40 minutes <laughs> and re writing stuff, you know, like on the wall, like, bitch, what the fuck? Please turn on the CDJs. I want to play, you know, like I want to put some music and push the buttons. Stop doing, stop talking, you know, like you're talking too much. And this is what I was, uh, uh, what we were trying to do when we were giving classes, you know, like always uh give space uh for the um, for the students you know to do their stuff like when i used to do the um, the production classes it was like okay um we're starting this way uh what do you think of we can do you know and i was like uh, the students they were doing the music producing the music uh, with me you know it was it wasn't just my ideas you know i was always like okay what we can do now what we can do now like what kind of uh, way we can uh, uh, walk right now you know 
and I th I think this is super cool because uh, as you learn fast when uh, you you learn faster when you're like doing together, you know. Yeah, totally. Rather than just like listening forever. I mean, from the outside in, it looks like you've fostered this really strong community and like mutual support network in Sao Paulo. Um, and I can see that. Oh, we had to. <laughs> you know, I mean, we had to because uh, especially like when I started to become friends from Cachu or Laura from Mamba Negra, uh, they were like in a totally different place uh, from me, you know. So, but uh, it's not a competition, you know. Like they have Mamba Negra. Mamba Negra is like a huge party. They have like such a good platform to show more artists, you know. And uh, it was like I was always talking, especially with Kashu, you know. Like Kashu, you have to know open more your like more your your minds, you know, like input some other artists to your party, you know, like right now in Mamba Negra, there always there's a, like a, a baile funk uh, DJ there playing. And, uh, you know, like in 2017, it was like impossible to have like a full DJ set of two hours of just baile funk in Mamba Negra. Like, and right now, like you have uh, a lot of different ple people going to the party because of this, you know, like uh, it's about to mix everyone up, you know. And also, she was always like uh, really receptive with uh, this kind of conversations. And not only Cachu, uh, but other people that do does stuff in São Paulo too. We have the we. I mean, we had to create a, a strong community, you know. Otherwise, it's gonna be like the same people uh, making money and the same people playing uh, like every weekend uh, the same music. And I mean, you're in São Paulo, you know. Like, it's a city that never sleeps. So, <laughs> how can you have like the same stuff forever? <laughs> You know, I think for me it's super nice, like, in 2022 you have, like, uh, uh, DJs that just play f funk uh, tracks in for two hours in Mamba Negra. There is something that was impossible before. It's, it's like a sign that uh, the change, it's something is changing, you know. And uh, right now I feel that we're going to the next stage. And this is super, like... Uh, this is exciting, you know, because I don't like to feel like uh, standing forever in the same place and that's it. I'm, I'm really like uh, looking forward to see <laughs> what is coming. <laughs> um, well, I, I do want to shift gears and talk about your music. Okay. Um, I mean, you've done a lot of collaborations in the past, and I, I know on your album that you just finished, there are quite a few collaborations um, with MC Yala, um, who else, Lord Spikeheart. Um, can you talk a little bit about the people you chose to collaborate with and how you chose your collaborators? This is so crazy because I started to do the, I started to produce the album, and I, and I had this idea of doing something more shaped in pop music, you know, and less on really like, uh, really 
unless in hard uh, techno or hard, hard stuff, you know, like dance floor stuff. It was more uh, stuff for you to listen in your home, you know, or listening uh, while you're going to your job or things like that, you know. So when I started, it was like really natural. The collaborations were was was nothing that I was like, oh, I'm going to do a track with this one, with this one, and this one. It was like uh, in 2020, everybody at home. And I was like producing like crazy a lot of tracks and experimenting some other stuff. I was writing a lot. That is something that I was not doing like, I don't know, since I was 17 years old. So <laughs> I I started to write again. And I was always like sending stuff for for a lot of friends from uh, for Cronista do Morro, for Lari BXD, that is a girl from from Rio, that she's not she's not like she's not known, but uh, the first time she went to the studio was to record this track, and the first time she she was uh, performing on the stage, was to perform this track with uh, with me and the girls that we do like a, a show f from the album, you know? And it was like super, super emotional. She cried, I cried. <laughs> you know, like it was the first time. She's super young, she's like, she's starting now, you know? Like she works with uh, uh, totally different stuff. And it was super cool, you know, because this, this track actually we did together because I tweeted that I wanted to do some uh, trap stuff with some girls, and she sent me this a cappella recorded on the on the phone, and I was like, okay, thank you for that, but I'm not going to do a trap. Let's do something else, <laughs> and we did this track together. And the first time I sent to her, she was like. Fuck! This is so good. I'm feeling so thug right now. Oh fuck! And I'm so bandida right now. Like yeah, this is the kind of feeling, you know. Like yes. And um, with the other artists, especially with MC Yala, with uh, Lord Spikeheart and Ray Sapiens, it was because uh, last year I went to Uganda to the Nige Nige Villa for the residency. And I stayed there for one month and a half. And I mean, there's a, <laughs> like there's a studio there, like everybody was making music all the time. So me and Yala, this is one of the tracks that we did together because I have like three or four more in my computer that is like, I don't know what, what we're gonna do. And this one with, with Lord Spikeheart and, and Ray Sapiens, it was because um, there was this day that I was really like with nothing to do and I was, I went to Ray's bedroom, he was working and I was like, yeah, I mean, I can do a, a drum pattern like really, really, really fast, you know, like, <laughs> I can do it really fast, super easy. And he was like, yeah. Can you do it? And I was, yeah, of course. Open a new project so you can see. And then we started this track. Like, <laughs> you know? Uh, the the album was really, like, uh, really natural. And I gave that name Ghetto Elegance because, uh, like, 
this is one main thing in the in the album in the album that like everyone that is in the me in the features uh, everybody's like from the from the ghetto you know from different cities in Brazil and in and also in in Uganda and, and I think also Kenya the MCL is from Kenya and uh, I think this is like something that it's like all the artists inside the album they are from the ghetto you know and I wanted to give like I, I'm a Libra you know <laughs> so the elegance comes from the <laughs> comes comes from this place you know like i'm always like trying to yeah i don't like to i, I don't like ugly stuff so <laughs> that's why i wanted to put the, the this name also to show that uh the ghetto is not ugly you know like we have like this main idea that everything is ugly and mal and bad constructed and uh Everything is always destroyed, and no, like there's a lot of people living there. We have like a huge sense of community, you know. Like everybody's always helping each other. Also, everybody's like gossiping <laughs> about each other all the time. But I think it's, this is the community, you know. Like uh, this is why, like when when something happens to someone, everybody's worried, you know. Like uh, there's some. Uh, uh, situations in my in the the neighborhoods I used to live that is like was everybody helping each other and helping the the situation you know of of, of violence or sometimes people they don't have uh, anything to eat and everybody's like helping you know so uh we have this uh, great sense of community that sometimes in some places in Sao Paulo it's not so huge, especially when you go to downtown. It's <laughs> craziness. It's like uh, it's like a jungle. It's like bitch. <laughs> it's up to you. You know, it's on, you're on your own right now. Like do your stuff. And uh, when, where I live, this is not this is not the main feeling. You know, of the place. So I think the album also, uh, besides the, the featurings, uh, we have like uh, RHR, the, this uh, Ronnie, he was the mixer and he did the mastering too. And we did together at my home, like uh, we were using what we have in our hands, you know, like I spent uh, eight months looking for money, like with companies, with brands and blah, blah. But uh, I, I was at this point that I was like, okay, let's do what, with what we have, you know? Like uh, when we had to record, uh, we recorded at the Zopelar studio. That is, uh, he used to be part of Teto Preto before. And he he's a guy that he has a structure, you know? He has equipment, he has like a treated studio. And he let us uh, work there and uh, record everything for free, you know? He didn't charge like anything for me. Not even like one hell, you know? Like he didn't charge anything. And 
he was like, no, Rafa, I don't want to charge anything. Like, come, uh, I want to help too. Like, if you need some help with the arrangements or harmonies or melody, I can help too. And he was like always really excited with the music, you know, like with the tracks that we were recording. And uh, also that's like uh, the stuff from the vi the visual stuff were also we also did like this, like with everybody helping. And I mean, like, <laughs> it was also like, okay, friends, I don't have so much money right now. Like, I have this. Are you in or not? And everybody, like, of course, I mean, like, I want to be part of this too, you know? And I mean, like, uh, we also have the results of it, you know? Uh, of like, uh, everybody's always doing a great job and it's nothing like um yeah everybody's always doing a great job they know that it's it's something that is part of the community you know it's something that is is union you know because they work with me right now in these conditions and i can do this too you know so we are always like helping each other and I think this is the the main stuff in, in Sao Paulo. No, that's great. Because um, I, <clears throat> I was actually going to ask you, you know, I know since the current president, Bolsonaro, came to power, he cut off a lot of funding for the arts. And yes. he's also a notorious enemy of the LGBTQ community. So my assumption had been that it would be more difficult to throw parties, to make music, um, to collaborate. But it seems like you've been able to overcome that yeah i mean like uh, this is the the thing that i told you like we we have to we have to be united you know because there's some this fucking president against us all the time i mean it's not only him you know like uh the government the mayor they are always like cutting funds from the cultural uh stuff you know even though we have like laws for this, you know, like they don't really care. They are like always cutting our money, you know. But uh, seems like uh, th things are coming back really slowly right now, you know. And also, like in Brazil, you also like uh, have uh, brands funding, you know, like funding from companies and all this stuff. And this is also like some some way that you can do your throw parties or or i don't know release an album or do a concert or organize a tour you know but i mean <laughs> it's 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 you need a lot of network for this too you know it's not so easy it's not like send an email and they give you like ten thousand reais or Twenty thousand reais to for you to do your project, you know, like. But uh, yeah, Bolsonaro. It's a, Bolsonaro. I have no. I I don't even have words for him. <laughs> it's like I don't know. I sometimes I feel like ah Jesus, what the fuck is this? Like some bad dreaming or, <laughs> or what? You know. But yeah, if, uh, we have elections this year, so. Let's go. I'm I'm really I'm really excited to see him like I mean it's like uh, he's like Trump but way 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 dumb, 
you know, like he's more Hard dumb than Trump. So you have to, you know, be really, really dumb <laughs> to be more dumb than Trump. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like he was a project, you know, like with uh, it's, uh, South American countries. They are like uh, the USA is always like trying to give us the chaos, you know, for for make them look like the solution, you know, it's, it's always like this, like, you can see historically, like, the USA was uh, behind a lot of uh, coups in South America, in Central America too, you know, so uh, Bolsonaro was like a huge project of uh, not only the USA, but I, I also think of, of from companies like big companies that you know like Dilma Dilma and, and also there's a lot of corruption that so they wanted to take out Dilma because she was like giving space for the investigations you know so they were seeing like okay the the investigation is coming like they they coming for us you know so we have to stop it and they stopped it and they elected Bolsonaro and, but right now things are super expensive uh, in Sao Paulo, especially in the downtown. You have like whole families living in the street, like mother, daughter, father, uh, brother. Like you have like family of seven uh, people living on the street. You know, like because I mean pandemic too but i don't think this is the main reason you know like brazil is a huge country like we could be vaccinated uh before everyone if if bolsonaro give uh, if bolsonaro said yes to to pfizer <laughs> we could give i i would be vaccinated in like i don't know december of 2022 you know but uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a project, you know, to keep uh, Brazil like a poor country that just a few is rich, you know? And I mean, like, it doesn't have to be like that because Brazil is super huge and I think it's also a, a, a rich country. The thing is that the money is just like in one or two percent of the the whole people in the, the country, you know? And we have like, 200 million people living in the country so <laughs> but it's possible you know like in lula government uh, government like we we saw this we saw that it was possible for working class people and poor people have more like live like a good life you know like not not only suffering forever like you know, like you can work during the week, but in the weekends you don't have to, you know, stay sad because you don't have money to have fun, you know, like, I mean, I hope everything gets better this year. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, <laughs> I mean, every time that you, th you think that things can be worse, they get worse. Brazil is like that. It's like the Murphy law. <laughs> um, well, we're nearing our last few minutes. So. Already? <laughs> Jesus, I talk too much. 
I thought it was like 30 minutes. <laughs> okay, let's go. Um, no, but I just want to talk a little bit about what you have coming up, um, things that you're working on now, things that you're looking forward to. Um, you know, you're obviously you're on a huge tour right now. I don't know if you're planning on doing more live stuff, um, if you have more projects you're wrapping up. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I'm doing a, a live show, actually. But I'm I'm still doing just in Brazil. Uh, it's me. We're doing like uh, stuff from the album mixed with some other stuff that I already released, and some new stuff that I'm always doing too. And uh, in this performance, I I work with other two girls. There is uh, two trans girls. Uh, uh, one of them is playing uh, keyboards, and the other one is playing keyboard synthesizer and also like a, a sampler. A sampler, and I play guitar. I sing, and I also play with the uh, Ableton Live. And this other girl that plays just the keyboards, uh, we want to. She's a really, really good uh, drummer. And we're planning for the next shows to put her on drums. And I mean, like, my head is boiling, you know, of ideas. I haven't started to write them. I, I have to start to write them. And, um, yeah, I, we have, like, the Primavera uh, sounds in Sao Paulo that we're going to do the live show. And uh, this is something that I'm really like focused on because I want to do something big, you know, like I want to work with visual artists too, to put like my big face on the big screen, you know, like to put some 3D stuff, you know, to put some, uh, some effects, some crazy. I really like to work uh, with uh, different artists too because uh, I like to give them freedom to create, you know. And this guy that we're going to do the visual stuff, he's really like, he he lives next to me. And he's really like, okay, let's, it, I mean, it's uh, his chance of, you know, like blow the ideas because in, uh, sometimes in other jobs that he does, he's always like, he has a, a briefing and he has to be strictly to the briefing. And every time he's like to me, okay, Hafa, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want crazy things, you know, like do whatever you want, but I want melting, I want like go inside my eye, you know, like walking in my brain, you know, like I want crazy stuff, you know. And I have, uh, yeah, I'm really focused on these live performances actually. And uh, I'm finalizing this uh, this first tour next week. I'm going to play at the CTM Festival in Berlin, also in the Primavera Sound in Barcelona. It's going to be a, a boiler room stage, so um, I'm preparing myself to that too. And um, yeah, in Brazil I also have like uh, lots of gigs in Sao Paulo, in the Northeast, and we also are going to do uh, the live performances again, so I'm really like, I wanted to go back, you know, to start the rehearsals again with them <laughs> so we can like execute the, the ideas. And also, I mean, I have the second part of the European tour in August and September that I'm going to play like in 
really nice uh, festivals. It's super nice to, you know, feel the first time that I came here in 2018, it was like a super low budget uh, trip. You know, we're like starting to meet uh, people that does stuff here. So right now it's super cool to, you know, I'm playing at the Dry Morning, I'm playing at Bergheim, I'm playing the Possession Festival here in Paris too. And this is super cool because I'm uh, I'm in the same lineup of really, really great artists, you know. And I mean, it's the results of working like crazy, you know, no sleep. And uh, yeah, no sleep is the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> no sleeping, getting tired is the main thing. But right now, I'm, I have a different rhythm from from uh, what I used to have before. And uh, but I'm super happy to see that uh, the things are moving. You know, like if you are always in movement, the things they go with you. You know, uh, if you're vibrating always positive and like wanting things to, you know, to happen, they're going to happen, you know, like, of course, if you stay in your bedroom, like, laying down on your bed forever, nothing is going to happen, you know, like, you have to go, you have to go outside, you have to talk to the people, you know, you have to, you have to be on movement. And for me, it's, it's super good because uh, even with two years of pandemic and with, like, in 2020, I had, like, I had my my gigs. Uh, I had gigs until October, and I knew this before before the the year started. You know, like I knew that in December that until October I had no 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 free weekends anymore. You know, like um, so when everything was like canceled and all the stuff, I got really frustrated at the first time, but. Uh, I could uh, get, you know, like sleep with my frustration forever for two years and not doing anything. But th this was not my action, you know, like I was uh, even, uh, I, I, I was with this feeling, okay, everything is canceled. Okay, what what can I do right now, you know? So I was always in movement, you know, like always talking, always changing stuff to the people, you know, always changing music, always changing knowledge. Um, and I think that's why uh, right now I'm still in movement, you know, and getting into places that like uh, three years before I, I wouldn't play, you know. And this is the result that I'm, I'm in the right track, you know. Of course, I want to get more money always, but okay, we have like step by step, you know? No, uh, I mean, congratulations. I, really, I mean, I've been watching your career for the last couple of years and um, you've uh, thank accomplished you. a lot. Yeah. Um, cool, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I didn't think to ask you? Uh, no, I think that's it. I think. Um, I think it's super nice to, you know, be on tour again. It's super nice to to come here. Like the last gigs were super good. Like in London, in Brussels, everybody was dancing all the time. So I'm super like satisfied, you know, with my work. 
but I'm also like at the same time that I'm satisfied, I'm like, okay, what's the next step? And yeah, that's about the the movement and keep going, keep going. Because there's a point that I want to, you know, buy a house by the beach, and I don't want to work anymore. So <laughs> I'm gonna work as crazy while I'm young. So you know, when I'm like 40, 45, I'm like, okay, bitches, bisu. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I think we have a few minutes for some questions, if anybody has any. Yeah, so, um, um, well, thank you first. Like, I'm really a fan of yours. And uh, I'm from Sao Paulo, too. And so my question is, um, how do you compare, like, Sao Paulo parties to, like, uh, European parties or, I don't know, where else uh, you had some parties? You can be, like, belly funk ones. You can be Mama Negra. Uh-huh. to share. <laughs> this is a tough question. <laughs> it's a tough question. I mean, uh, it's different, of course, it's different. Uh, I think uh, sometimes here in Europe, uh, they're like, it's about uh, the party, it's about the music, see? so they just dance like crazy. But in Sao Paulo, the things are more like, you know, like <laughs> I went to I went to play at this party that was after of Budweiser. The Bachiku was happening at the same night, and I finished my set, and then Muzão started to to play. Man, the stage was like craziness craziness like lots of people on the stage like shaking their asses and you know like there's some stuff that here in europe you you don't see this kind of stuff and for us there is normal you know but it was such a mess that i have some videos on my phone it was such a mess that was like yeah this is some strong doses of brazil you know <laughs> like some strong ones because you see like the stage is such a mess but it, there was some uh, couples making out you know some people dancing together always shaking their asses and you know, craziness craziness and uh, sometimes this is the stuff that here in Europe you don't get so much sometimes people they get like on the dance floor they are partying like crazy but in the dance floor like being more <laughs> respectful <laughs> Because in Brazil it's like, okay, I'm drunk, I want to get on the stage <laughs> for everyone to see me. <laughs> and But yeah, it's different, but uh, the, the two stuff is always good for me because, um, you know, it's more experience. It's a different experience and uh, I mean, uh, you guys, you have to go there to see with your own eyes. <laughs> Uh, well, I unfortunately just got the signal that we have to close All right. things down. We go. Um, but we'll be available to talk outside. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you so much for talking thank to Thank you, me. Chloe, and again. Thank you, Risa Noir. Yeah. That's it. Thank Wrap. you so much. <laughs> <laughs>